Tuesday, another video, and today I'm calling it Books and Snacks. We're going to talk about some food right now, we're going to talk about some books later, but hey, those two things go together, right? So grab a good book, grab a munchie to eat, and let's have some fun. Let's go. Hello everybody, my name is Rob. This is Altered Universe, Everyday Heroes, the series that covers the more, um, what do you call it? I don't know if things anymore. The more geeky, no, I'm sorry. Everyday Heroes is the informational one, but who am I kidding? We do cover some pretty funny stuff too. Um, so if you are into that kind of stuff, sorry guys, my computer is being weird. You are going to enjoy this now. If you notice, we did a little revamping behind me, so that's cool. But, you know, we're going to keep revamping because <laughs> I like switching things up. But hope you like the new digs. Let's get into it. So today, we're going to talk about kind of a random topic. We're going to talk about the food of Japan. Not just ones you can find there, but some that you might not realize are now a part of the Japanese culture. Now this uh, topic came about from me searching through the internet, kind of looking at those videos comparing, you know, American food versus Japan, American food versus uh, uh, the UK, versus India, versus um, uh, China, and even just America versus other states in America. Um, and I just came across this one because Japanese food is a very interesting mix of flavors culture and kinds. Now, it wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about sweets. So we're gonna go over just some of the various Japanese sweets, otherwise known as wagashi, traditional Japanese sweets. And the first one up here, see if I can get these images while we talk. These are called Dora Yaki. So let's see if this works. So these are Dora Yaki. These are a traditional favorite for people in Japan of all ages, from children to adults and above. Um, and it's apparently the favorite snack of the animated characters in Doraemon, if you guys remember that anime. Um, it consists of two small pancakes with a sweet azuki red bean paste in the middle. The name comes from its shape, which resembles a Dora, which is Japanese for a Japanese gong, or which is Japanese for gong, um, and was created uh, by a dessert maker in the early 1900s. So interesting. It is kind of fun when a particular dessert has a connection to um, anime. Um, now the next one here is what it looks like as it's being made. So you might not recognize it in this form, but if you've had mochi, this is how it starts. It's made from sticky rice that can either be savory or sweet. Glutinous rice is then pounded with a heavy mallet until it becomes a paste and combined with other ingredients to mold to its desired shape. Mochi comes in a range of varieties, such as daifuku, a rice cake filled with a red bean paste, sakura mochi, a rice cake wrapped in a salted cherry blossom leaf, or kusamochi, a rice cake flavored with Japanese mugwort. 
Mochi is often eaten on special occasions and has been part of the Japanese New Year festivities since the early Heian period. I apologize, guys, for fudging uh, the names. I don't know these names well, so bear with me as we go. Now, these next ones are kind of cute. They look like little pops, but they too um, <laughs> are actually small dumplings. These are called dango or dango. Um, and while the mochi is made from rice that's been pounded, these are small dumplings made from sweet rice flour and have a slightly chewier texture. To make this Japanese wagashi, rice flour is made with hot water to form a dough and then shaped into the dumplings. They are then boiled, skewered, and grilled. Sesame seeds are commonly added um, in addition to the rice flour and that produces a nuttier tasting goma dango. Dango are irresistible as is or drizzled with a soy sauce. So you might notice that a lot of these things for them are more savory for um, America. For instance, we wouldn't put soy sauce on our sweets, but because their sweets can be savory, there you go. Now the fourth one we're going to talk about are these little guys called monaka. They are traditional Japanese sweets consisting of two crisp and airy wafers made from sticky rice that are sandwiched around sweet red bean paste. I'm noticing a trend. Not only is rice used in many of their uh, food, but apparently so is red bean paste. The wafers are typically crafted in the shape of a flower, as you can see there, uh, such as cherry blossoms, chrysanthemums, or plum blossoms. And additionally, um, the onko, or the sweetened adzuki red bean paste, the filling can also be a paste made from seasonal fruits or seasoned chestnuts. So this is one that actually could be more desserty for an American taste. Um, if you added the fruits or the sweetened chestnuts. Um, interesting stuff, guys, right? So we have one more to show you. And these are called manju. These are pastry cakes made of steamed dough filled with, you guessed it, more of the sweet bean paste. The manju are formed in the various shapes for baking or steaming from perfectly round cakes kind of like these guys here, excuse me, to pointed chestnuts. Some get more creative, excuse me, and are actually formed into shapes such as maple leaves or tiny rabbits. How cool is that, guys? So Japanese sweets, while definitely different, are de an interesting cultural delicacy, and stuff like the mochi has been brought over and many an American sushi restaurant will have it on their list. Now, whether or not it is legit original mochi, which I think it is because of the foods that have come here, sushi is one, excuse me, <clears throat> um, sushi is one that um, usually sticks to its, um, what do you call it, original form, but you know, if you want original, you might have to go to the source. So really quick, uh, we got some comments on this one. My lovely wife did not imagine that is mochi. Well, as I mentioned, that's kind of the paste you get before 
you form the bowls. But if you think about it, I don't know if you've eaten it. I know I've eaten it or I've seen it before. It, it is very spongy and is very doughy and pasty. So I can see how that can become bad. And secondly, their desserts definitely seem healthier than ours in the U.S. Well, we know for a fact that, yes, um, desserts of other countries are going to be much more healthier than the ones we have here. Now, the next thing that came up, and this also was in my search of the difference between the two, what happens if you're from a country and you visit Japan and you are just missing your hometown food? Well, the, the, the japantimes.co, oh, you know what? I forgot to mention uh, the other, let me put the other website up. So the other website that we just got the wagashi from is Grunavi. So let me paste that there. If you guys want to check it out, go for it. So from japantimes.co.jp, they wrote an article. Um, when was this written? Oh, okay. Last year, actually. About finding British cuisine in Japan. Now, keep in mind, this is just one delicacy. And we'll talk at the end how uh, places around the world have adopted many different places. So this particular blog writer wrote that... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, this particular blog writer wrote that if you had asked somebody in Japan for a British food, whether it was, um, you know, fish and chips or something else, they probably would have looked at you like you were nuts. Well, that's not such anymore. There is a couple people who actually started a craze, and from there, we got more and more. A company known as Dini's, which is a Scottish, um, what do you call it? Um, haggis produ uh, producer was called by two um, uh, Japanese um, um, individuals, Yoko and Kids Hasegawa, who wanted to actually open a Dini's in Japan. At first, the lady, Carol Dini, who owns Dini Scottish, um, Dini Scottish um, was, was very confused as to why they wanted it, but soon said, sure, why not? And boom, after opening two food trucks, they opened a brick and mortar right before um, the Olympics of the year 2017. So just in time for everybody to come by and try it out. They started making um, toasties with, they did it with buttery bread, pushed down with a cast iron on griddle to crispy perfection. The classic Macbeth stuffed with haggis they make themselves due to import restrictions. They make with lots of cheese and even a vegetarian and vegan version. They even have a Robert the Bruce, a chicken toasty stuffed with mozzarella, tomato chutney, rocket greens, and whiskey mustard mayo. That is one of the most popular. But that's not all, guys. A company known as Thomas and Green came to Japan in 2008 and brought British food with them. They're kind of like a Harry and David's. They have a lot of um, very fancier uh, foods, such as mint sauce, chutney, biscuits, um, mayonnaise, um, bread dipper, and it's stuff that you would buy at a specialty store, but it's now found in, um, in Japan. The next place, a hole in the wall, um, launched by Nisho Kubi by Irish English, uh, or it was launched in Nishi Ogikubo, I apologize, by Irish English Japanese couple David and Maki Carmichael in 2019, and they were serving things like venison pie, pork and apricot pie, and Cornish pasties. 
So to answer the question, can you find real British food? Well, yes and no. Using the same ingredients does hold the consistency. Many out there, and I talked about this with my wife earlier, um, a lot, you know, we, we are under the thing where if you want the legit legit, you probably have to go to the place of origin. However, hearing some of the ingredients, for instance, from the first place we talked about, it seems like they're actually getting the stuff done right. Now, what does that have to do with the world in general? Well, we're coming to a time, or we've been in a time, where anywhere you go, you're going to want something from your home. Now, cutting out stuff like the big franchises, Starbucks, McDonald's, even IHOP or KFC, sometimes you want something that's more homegrown to you. So maybe you are from Texas and are looking for good barbecue. Many places around the world now will serve barbecue. Fun fact, though, many places have their own version. For instance, Korean barbecue, different meats, different glazes, different cooking styles. It's a different food, but it's similarly cooked. Would it be barbecue to a Texan or even to a Californian? No, but it just goes to show that they have their own versions of what we think we made up. So next time you're out and about deciding, hey, I want something to eat that I'm used to in my hometown, take a look in the uh, you know the local tour uh, books. Ask the hotel you're at. Ask the people who live there. Or just get on your phone, type it in, and see if you can find it. It may not be exact, but the fact that they have the ingredients that they need, sorry, well, crazy, uh, because they have the ingredients that they need to make it, more and more people can say they actually make a good homegrown meal. So what do you guys think? Would you head to Japan for the sweets or would you head over to see their take on your hometown food? Let me know in the comments. Everybody who watches live, thank you so much. If you weren't able to catch it live, go on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Subscribe. Hit that bell. Boom. You'll be done. Ready to go. We have another video in the afternoon. Like I said, we're going to talk some books. So grab that Japanese snack. Come join us later around 12, 1230. We're going to talk some books. Until then, guys. Have a wonderful, amazing day. Go be kind.